the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Some top headlines that we're going to be playing with today. Gas prices could rise. They should rise as Saudi Arabia and Russia agreed yesterday to extend their voluntary oil production cuts through the end of this year, meaning that we may have a little bit more inflation to deal with in the United States on gasoline prices, getting to and from work, to and from vacations. Um, Do you invest in energy companies? I think everyone should invest in energy. 5% of your portfolio, maybe 10% of your portfolio should have energy exposure. Have you ever thought about that? And again, this is kind of a goofy one, and I know. In large part because uh, my dad died of cancer, and you know, do you invest in cigarettes? Our planet seems to be warming up. Do you invest in carbon companies, uh, energy companies? If you can't beat them, join them. If you want to donate the money to environmental causes later, potential. You see where I'm going at with that? I don't know. It's it's a conflict that I don't have the answer for you. Um, some other big headlines. Disney must nail a turnaround or its stock is doomed. And that's coming at a point in time. And I don't want to use the word doomed because that's exaggerating. But that's coming at a time where Disney and Charter are fighting over the future of TV right now. And it's pretty obvious. It's the cable company against the streaming company. And the streaming company is fighting itself with legacy TV offerings through cable. We'll talk about that and more. Southwest and United Alaska Air have all warned high jet fuel prices are going to lead to higher prices. So energy is like the story of the day. How did that happen? We haven't talked energy in quite a while as a story. Yesterday, the NASDAQ was down just fractions, literally a skosh, like a little toothpick, 0.04%. The NASDAQ was down one third of 1%. No, no, no. I just stroked. Did I have a stroke? The S&P 500 was down one third of a percent. The NASDAQ was down four. <clears throat> The Dow Jones Industrial Average was down one half of 1%. Ten-year Treasury sits at 4.26%. That's the story yesterday, is those higher interest rates are making people crazy about buying stocks. And I'm hearing more and more chatter that because people are starting to run into this 4.25 area on the Ten-year Treasury, a lot of experts are saying, expect a market correction. As what the Fed has done with interest rates still is not completely in the economy for another six months. So the market's going to be fighting the economy and the effects of resetting debt, which is going to be big on corporations. Slowly happening to your credit cards. It's happening to the mortgage market aggressively. Think about the difference that year or two makes. When I got a mortgage two and a half years ago at two and a half percent, I have extra money. Do you know what uh, my family does with that extra money? Spends it. Now, if you're buying a home at seven percent, 
you're probably not having as much extra money and thus you're probably not spending it taken away from the market taken away from the economy disney and charter are fighting over the future of tv it's gonna be interesting charters right smack right smack in new york city and disney is pulling disney plus espn plus and hulu as charter saying you're charging us way too much for your bundle of tv stations uh tv networks abc disney espn and disney saying you know what if you don't pay we're not going to give it to you we'll let your customers stream us and buy us elsewhere it's gonna be a big fight We'll see who blinks on that one with the NFL National Football League starting the Jets, 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 J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And Aaron Rodgers, New York's going to be panicked if they can't watch their football. So let's talk about today. Let's see real quick if there was any stories from yesterday that had to be hit as far as top news goes. Um, one of the ex-Proud Boy leaders got the longest January 6th sentence yet. Enrique Terrio, the former national chairman of the far-right Proud Wings group, sentenced to 22 years. The FTC readies its Amazon lawsuit. Regulators are aiming to sue Amazon over antitrust violations later this month, which would mark the culmination of a year-long investigation of the corporate giant. The FTC is expected to go after several of Amazon business units for illegally stifling competition and ultimately requiring the company to break itself up. Here's a weird thing. If Amazon gets broken up, it's worth more than it's if it's uh, remains solid. And to be investigated for antitrust is telling you they're a pretty strong armed company. Finding an Airbnb in New York City, finding an Airbnb in New York City could be getting a little bit tougher. 38,500 Airbnb listings in the metropolis and possibly offer um, are basically being limited. A new law in New York City went into effect that could erase thousands of the 38,500 Airbnb listings. The new measure is going to require hosts to register with the city and threatens platforms like Airbnb, VRBO, and Booking.com with short-term rentals. If they don't register, it could be a fine of up to $1,500 per transaction if the listing isn't registered. Host risk up to $5,000 in fine. That's, that's pretty discursed gene as an airbnb investor on one of the happiest days it being added to the sp 500 it's getting this kind of um it's just it's gonna stop the average person from doing airbnbs um the average host if you're trying to rent your apartment while you're away for the summer if you're trying to rent your apartment while you're away for christmas it's gonna stop you from doing it if you have an extra room in the back you may say you know it's not worth going to city hall and registering but if you're a business, it probably means you're going to be able to do a little bit more. Um, Bethesda was bought by Microsoft for $7.5 billion. They have a new game out today, Starfield. It lets players explore over a 1,000 real and fictional planets. It's one of the biggest stories ever told. It's a test of the Bethesda and Microsoft integration. Trying to keep up with Sony and Nintendo. Microsoft is also focusing on Activision Blizzard for $69 billion acquisition. That's a big one. Let's move to, let's see, where is that going to be today? Ah, 
Um, let's take a look at today and figure out what's happening. Interest rates and oil prices are the focus. That's a big drag on Wall Street. You can talk a little bit about the Fed President Collins. He is not a voter, but he came on CNBC this morning. She thinks the Fed will need to hold uh, interest rates at a restrictive level for some time. But the Fed may be at or near peak with its policy. So they're probably done raising rates, and they're testing now by sending out some governors to uh, television stations and seeing how the market reacts to it. Mortgage applications aren't anywhere near a peak. 2.9% week-over-week decline. They hit their lowest level since December 1996. That's rough. Mortgage applications at their lowest level since 1996. Purchase applications are down 2%. Refinancing applications are down 5%. So the Fed, I do believe, Mohammed El Arian is right, has broken real estate. Uh, if you're a buyer, rates are too high. They've moved too fast. And if you're a seller, you don't know once you sell your mortgage, essentially, to another person, and they get the home for free. Uh, that's not quite how it works. But then you have to go out and relocate and find your own mortgage, in theory. So lots going on today. Uh, Amazon, Alphabet, Apple, Meta, Microsoft have been called out as gatekeepers for the Digital Markets Act out of Europe. Explain what that means when we come back. We'll also take a look at how the market's doing with the higher energy prices and higher interest rates. I think there's a big stories for the short term, not the long term. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. So the S&P 500 down 23. That's down one half a percent. So far through the first two days of this week, markets are negative, getting a little bit worse. So the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down one quarter of a percent and the Nasdaq's down eight tenths of one percent. The biggest loser. Crude oil is a big winner today, up to $87 a barrel. That, that moved fast. Ladies and gentlemen, that moved fast. We were in the mid-70s for a good while, and then boom. Wait, wait, wait. Where are we? Almost 90? It moved fast. Ten-year treasury sits at 4.29. Now, I don't think the market's going to work in this area. I would be surprised. It's going to be more of a stock picker's market versus a broad market rally until you see oil go sideways and interest rates go sideways to slightly down. Now, again... I'm a stock picker, so I love markets like this. Uh, you bet I can pull up my watch list right now and say, I've got an idea or two coming. Taking a look at you know common and popular stocks, NVIDIA is down 14. Amazon's down a buck. Um, you know, I probably should say percentages because NVIDIA is down almost 3%. Amazon's down 7 tenths of a percent. AMD is down 1%. Um, I'm not seeing a lot of winners is what I'm getting at. Apple down 2.5%. The winner that I see out there like Visa is up one-fifth of 1%. So energy is sexy right now. When you're talking about oil at almost $90, sexy, sexy. I know you're saying, please don't do that ever again. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to get too uh, creepy on you. You know Roku? Um Let's do a quick business lesson that everyone should grasp and go, yes, I completely understand. Um, Roku's announcing that they're going to be laying off 10% of its workforce. 
Now, typically when you hear that, you go, things must not be good. Um, but it's typically good for the stock. Not always, not always. Um, but this is a year where Elon Musk went into Twitter and said, I'm going to slash employees. And he has. Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, is a shell of the company that it once was. The new popular bumper sticker is going up. People are putting on Tesla's is we bought the Tesla before we knew Elon Musk was crazy. That's kind of says it a lot, right? Um, there's a great podcast out right now talking about Elon Musk and the founder and how he got edged out of PayPal. So when he thought about the next thing that was going to truly save the world and not really worry about the internet, he found these guys who did the electric vehicle. Um, he's not the original founder. Uh, he's not even one of the two original founders. He came in late to the game as they needed money. And he started funding the company. And as he funded, he said, I need another board seat. I need another board seat. I need another board seat. And ultimately, he eventually put his brother in charge and he had 50% of the board. So he fired the two founders and took over the company. Pretty fascinating, pretty violent. Like you can make a movie out of that, put it on Netflix. It's going to be awful. It's going to be awful. But uh, he overthrew the, the founders. He saw their bright idea and he did what Peter Thiel did to him at PayPal was got the board, the support of the board and, and fired one of the founders. So Roku is saying today that they're cutting 10% of their workforce because last year Twitter did it, but more importantly, Meta did it where Zuckerberg said it's going to be the year of efficiency. And that's really sold well on wall street as far as um, labor's the highest cost of doing business. There's just no getting around that. And I had a friend who worked at Meta, lost his job. I'll be honest with you. Good employee, right guy. But it felt like he was overhired into the position. A lot of people are overhired in the position. Now, I'm not saying that's what Roku's doing. I don't have any special insight into the company. Um. But stocks jumping on the news, they're going to lay off 10% of their employees, reducing outside expenses. They're going to downsize their real estate footprint, their office space utilization. It expects a restructuring charge of 45 to 65 million. They raised the third quarter revenue outlook to 835 million to 875 million, including the impairment charges. It would come down to about 815. Um, but Wall Street loves it. Stock's up 10% on the news today. 50% of Americans can't afford their lifestyle in retirement. This is a story I did yesterday that I keep coming back to. And I, I blame almost our parents in high school for not telling us instantly when we get a job in our 20s and you start living your life and getting an apartment and Get in a car, not saving 10 to 15% of your income as far as for the years from 60 to 100. So I've oversimplified life into zero to 20. That's your fun time. 20 to 60, that's your time to work. And while you're in that period of working, 
you have to save 15% of your money ultimately to live from 60 to 100. 50% of Americans aren't going to be able to afford their lifestyle that they're living from 20 to 60 when they're 60 to 100. And I'll be honest with you, um, what part of my lifestyle is going to see concerts. Um, U2 is coming to the sphere, that big round dome in Vegas. And I got tickets because my spouse really loves the band. Expensive tickets. Um, $1,000. But I'm going, okay, that's, that's, I get that. I get that. That's a once in a lifetime kind of thing. Is it worth it? No. But you know, the tickets that surprise me the most is the airline tickets. There's no cheap flights to Vegas, and Vegas is a hub. Vegas is an easy place to get to. I'm not at the point of driving, but tickets, it used to be like 300 round trip. Now it's 500 round trip. It ain't cheap. Unless you want to go on Spirit, then it's cheap. But uh, one missed flight at a missed concert on Spirit would be like not worth it if you pick up, put it, put it down. So anyway, um, Roku firing people. Wall Street loves that. It's a weird thing. Wall Street loves it when Meta did it. Facebook. Do you see the trend? Amazon's doing it. The stock's up 50 plus percent for the year. Do you see the trend? I think it's pretty obvious, but 50% of Americans are not going to be able to afford their same lifestyle. If you do one thing, tell your kids to save some in a nest egg for their future when they quit working. Hopefully they're never disabled and can't work because the age from 20 to 60, the one thing you have going for you is you can earn income. You may be pretty, but your ability to earn income is more important than your, your prettiness. Age 1600, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose that good luck. You can find me on Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. If you need a referral to a financial planner, I do work with financial planners and they can do a portfolio review and tell you if you're ready for retirement or not. Find me at robblackshow.com. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Taking a look today at Patrick O'Hare's page one, it struck me this could be a bad day. Interest rates and oil prices remain in focus. Let's bring in the man, the myth, the legend, Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. Happy short week, Patrick, uh, but so far not so good on Wall Street. Yeah, good Good morning, Rob. Um, you're right. You know, it's kind of uh, been a, um, well, not uneventful, but just a, uh, a poor start to the week here. Um, still don't have that sense that you have full participation, if you will. Okay. Uh, but a little bit of a pickup in volume yesterday uh, related, I think, to, uh, you know, growing concerns about the fact that interest rates are staying elevated. And uh, you also have uh, the concurrent jump in, in oil prices here. So uh, together, kind of creating some concerns about overall growth prospects here. Uh, and uh, knowing that both can have, um, you know, an impact on weakening demand for consumers. And certainly when the oil prices go up, you get the related jump in gas prices, and that, you know, can cut into discretionary spending potential for the consumer. You get the discretionary spending of college students or college graduates having to pay back their loans. Uh, That's happening right now. Then you get the mortgage rates being higher this year than they were two years ago. 
meaning people have a little less discretionary money from their 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 home buying, home owning uh, purchase, so to speak. Um, it feels like it's adding up to be a real thing at this point in time. Like we are going to see a slowdown and maybe a recession could happen after the such strong jobs numbers. We've been kind of living in denial, but a lot of the consumer spending mm-hmm. is is pointing to a negative for me, Mr. O'Hare. Should I be discouraged or we're going to shake this one off? <laughs> well, no, you know, I think you just kind of just made a good historical point in the, in the present day. I mean, when you get higher interest rates, you're going to see, you know, some slowing. Um, yeah. And that's the nature of, of tightening cycles here. Um, the reason it's been um, deferred, so to speak, is because we have had kind of the carryover of the pandemic stimulus uh, and uh, and more consumers have been, you know, uh, flush with excess savings, which are now being, you know, drained, of course. But, um you know, it's nothing that we should be surprised at. I think what we should be surprised at is the mar- is that the economy has held up as well as it has for as long as it has on the heels of 11 rate hikes. But there will be a lag effect, and you will see, you know, the slowing kick in. And you, you know, you rightfully point out uh, is that you know interest rate sensitive sectors, you know, will certainly be affected. We see that in mortgage applications today. Um, you know, the the housing market is. Uh, while demand seems to be okay, um, you can still see that you know sales are kind of crimped by the fact that you have affordability pressures that also coincide with high mortgage rates. Um, and, uh, and and to the earlier point that you know someone taking on a higher mortgage payment uh, to own a home is going to have less money disposable money there to to use for discretionary uh, purchases, and so um, the. I wouldn't say to be discouraged. I'm just saying it's just realistic to uh, kind of think that uh, things should be slowing here, and there are some headwinds out there that are going to be create some challenges here for uh, for consumers as we continue on this path where rates remain elevated uh, and where you get kind of those uh, residual pressures that come in from high gas prices. And your page one column gave me a little bit of hope. Let me give you a little plug here that you you brightened my day when you talked about uh, you reported that CNBC reported that Boston Fed President Collins, not a voter, said she thinks the Fed will need it to hold at a restrictive level for some time, but that they may be done or that may, we may be near the peak of the policy rate. So, yeah, we're talking about the interest rates from the last 12 months right now, but maybe 12 months from now, we'll be talking about how things went stable. And then 12 months from now, from that point in time, we'll be talking about lower interest rates. I guess we always have to look to where the puck is going, like Wayne Gretzky said in hockey, not to where it is today. Right. And and her comments follow on the heels of Fed Governor Waller, um, who kind of said you know the same thing. They think that you know, last week's data gave the Fed some runway to proceed carefully here and, and not necessarily jump uh, t- uh, to, you know, another rate hike. Um, but I think that there isn't a single Fed official, however, that's saying that they're thinking about cutting rates anytime soon. So uh, so, the, so the, the, the message here is that while rates may not go up, they're not going down either, um, and that they're going to need to stay at these higher levels for longer uh, because the Fed knows that you know, inflation is not um, cooperating uh, with its 2% target, certainly not yet anyway. Uh, and when you see 
something like the ISM services PMI number today that contained a prices index that actually increased versus the prior month, you know, it's it, it bound to, you know, put uh, to get on the Fed's radar and and they'll have their antennae up just, you know, wondering if, you know, if inflation is going to be sticky here. You know, we've seen some nice improvement off the, off the highs, certainly, but uh, but it's the next uh, last mile uh, that's going to be the, the you know the hard road here, um, and and these are not the types of readings that you want to be seeing. You don't want to see prices uh, growing at a faster rate than the month before in what is the largest sector for the U.S. economy. Um, so we do have to kind of you know again have the reality check that even though rates may not. Uh, be going up much more, if at all, they're not going to be coming down anytime soon either when we're looking at numbers like we saw in that uh, services PMI number and when we still have, um, you know, core PCE inflation over 4%. So we need to see more improvement there before you can kind of start hanging your hat on the idea that the Fed will, in fact, be cutting rates uh, sometime next year. Um, and so the market continues to hold out hope that that's going to happen at some point in the first half of 2024. But as we've seen throughout this cycle, the market has kind of had to continually push back those expectations as it relates to when the Fed's going to make it, uh, some kind of pivot. You also alluded to in your page one column at briefing.com, Mr. O'Hare, you brought up and you just hit it. And I don't know how much you know about this, so please feel free to uh to defer if you don't know much, but Alphabet, Amazon, Apple listed as gatekeepers by the European Commission. How big of a deal do you think that is? And uh, what do we need to know? Because I don't know much about it, and I live in the Silicon Valley, so I, sh- I should know more. Yeah, I guess I, I should say that I should you know, likely defer on this one as well. I don't know enough about it either. I think that um, I will say just you know, one thing. It didn't sound as if it was going to be, it was all that surprising that, you know, those were the names that they, you know, that they targeted uh, under their new Digital Marketing Act. Um, I don't think the stocks have really reacted in the manner that suggests there's a lot of surprise either there. Um, but uh, to be fair, yeah, I, d- I just don't know enough about the, the implications of it other than to, you know, it's one more uh, thing out there, you, you know, that, kind of a target on their on their back just given the size of these companies and and the worries about you know competitive dominance there um, and this is going to be a lingering issue for these companies um, with respect to this particular act just as it has been you know in other areas as well okay then um I'll work on that one because the Bay Area kind of wants to know and it's kind of my specialty tech stocks and I'm embarrassed I don't know the ramifications of it through at this point um but gatekeepers uh obviously talks about the technologies and the roads into what they offer big society how about um anything are you that you're working on or anything else in the segment we should hit on that uh you see as relevant i know today is all about oil and interest rates um, uh yeah well i was just gonna say that um you know we heard uh several airlines out there this morning kind of sound a cautious note as it relates to, you know, rising jet fuel costs. Um, and it's just, it's, you know, it's another example here of where, you know, you see potential, you know, pressures building on the margin here and, and, and specifically probably on profit margins there. 
for these airlines if, if um, you know, if those fuel costs remain elevated. And then you start to see a slowdown in that leisure travel demand because of, um, you know, because of other emerging pressures, you know, like you mentioned, the, the startup again, the student loan payments and, and just general uh, pressures that, you know, coincide with, uh, you know, lingering inflation pressures there, too. So um, I'm actually not going to be having an update to the big picture column this, this particular week. Um, I am going to be out uh, at the end of this week. So I haven't targeted anything yet. Uh, but uh, but that's something that caught my eye this morning, certainly uh, knowing that the market's starting to pay more attention to these uh, higher oil prices. Yeah, and it did sneak up on us this summer, it feels like. Um I did a story because I do radio and television um, about gas prices at their highest seasonal level in more than a decade, $3.81 a gallon for the United States, second highest level in record. So um, that is kind of it, it feels like it snuck up on me, though, um, and I don't know why that is. It feels like I didn't do my job this summer, maybe. Um, well, thanks for being with us, Patrick, and uh, we'll talk to you next week and uh, get another update from you on Wednesday as we do. And um we always look forward to it. So, again, thanks for the insights. You are very clear in what you're stating, and your page one is my favorite part of my day. And the big picture is a great way to close the week. Um, and briefing.com has just a ton of content. I scroll through the end play each and every day, especially at the end of the day. I read everything that they looked at or everything that they reported on. Good stuff. You can find him at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. Here's an interesting twist for Americans. Instead of using your cell phone to call an Uber, you can call 833-USE-UBER to get a ride seven days a week. Uh, but you still need a cell phone that gets text messages. Otherwise, you can't use it. So that seems like a service that... How many cell phones don't have GPS on it? And I don't know. Seems like a weird problem to be solving over at Uber. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. You can find briefing.com online at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. This interview featured on the Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. I own shares of Google or Alphabet because of YouTube. I've seen how it affects my family. I typically watch YouTube I find content to watch or music to watch concerts more so than I'm doing ABC, NBC, CBS, or Fox put together. Then I probably embrace Netflix and a little bit of HBO Max, um, but not much else. Um, the news is too political for me to really watch cable news. Um, a lot of my news consumption on stocks in the stock market comes from reading but I've got an attention span that can take that. I try to read five to 600 pages a week minimum, um, including on top of that research for the show. Um, you know, I've read Pride and Prejudice. I've read The Kite Runner. I've read War and Peace. Um, I got a little naughty reading Lady Chatterley's Lover, Silent Spring, The Dream of the Red Chamber, Life of Pi, The Color Purple. Like I can go on and on and on and on and on and on. But when it comes to my children, they've read like three long books. Um, and that's it because their attention span has been destroyed by YouTube and by TikTok in particular. 
And this brings up a big dilemma for YouTube because their bread and butter is long form. People like me serving me ads while I'm watching a concert. So it's a little bit of a dilemma for YouTube. YouTube sees TikTok as a competitor and they go, you know, they've got a, uh, something's going on there. So let, let me start, let me reset a little bit. Two years ago, Google started Shorts, which is a short form video platform, and they're trying to go after TikTok. Staggering 1 billion hours of YouTube videos are watched every day. TikTok first overtook YouTube and daily viewership hours for kids between the ages of 4 and 18 in June of 2020, and the gulf is widening. Last year, kids between 4 and 18 years old inhaled 107 minutes of TikTok a day compared to just 67 minutes of YouTube. But YouTube Shorts bet has paid off in the last two years. Google says that 2 billion users watch short clips every month versus roughly 1 billion on TikTok. So Google and YouTube have made some big strides in getting the younger people uh, between ages 4 and 18 to consume short-form videos. But it's at a cost because the people who are between four and 18 are, are kind of getting the shorter attention span. And my children will never, ever be the reader that I am. It's not going to happen. I can't force it to happen. Uh, they will never sit down and, and consume, you know, uh, 50 books a year. It's just not going to happen. Everything I ever learned, I learned in a book. And I've tried to tell my children that I've learned how to love. I learned how to fight. I learned how to be an entrepreneur. Um, I learned how to have imagination. I saw flaws in, in the world. Everything I've ever learned, I've learned in a book. My moral compass, I learned in a book. And you try to tell your children that, and they're just like, they just don't have the attention span. And my kid will, will come up to me and show me a, a short form video. I'm like, look at this. It's so funny. Um, they can't, doesn't hold their. So here's the problem with this. I'm an investor in Google because of YouTube, because I see that in the last 10 years, we've gone away from ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and we've gone completely onto the internet for consumption. Minus a couple things like sports. Um, but media is ad supported, right? And it's really, really tough to put advertisements into short form video. It's really, really easy to put advertisements into long form. And YouTube ad sales increased 4% year over year, total of $7.7 billion. That's about 13% of Google's entire ad revenue. So Google obviously has the search angle, but YouTube part of Google um, is important. And I think if they were ever to spin that off, I think it would be, a, 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 I would probably stick with the YouTube and drop the Google. But that's just me. Although Chat GPT was six months ago was going to destroy Google and their ad search business, but that hasn't really happened, has it? So the attention deficit economy, circle of life, TV killed books, YouTube killed TV, TikTok is killing YouTube. Now we just have to see what the microsecond video platform will come along and undercut TikTok because our kids' attention is getting shorter and shorter. That's for sure. I do know a little bit about the European Commission announcing the first list of gatekeepers being Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Meta, Microsoft, and ByteDance, which ByteDance owns TikTok, essentially. 
And what they're trying to say is there's too much intermediation services like Google Maps, Google Play, Google Shopping, Amazon Marketplace, App Store from Apple, Meta Marketplace. Um, these companies are, are dominating the digital footprint. And the European Commission is opening four investigations to determine whether Apple's iMessage and Microsoft's Bing Edge and advertising should not be qualified as gatekeepers. And they're giving the gatekeepers, as they've been referred to, um, warning. You know, if Google were to go away, everyone would lose their Gmail. So Google's not going away. Do you like it's? It's kind of frustrating to look at. So, the six gatekeepers, who I've told you who they are, but one more time: Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Meta, Microsoft, and ByteDance. They have six months to comply with digital media um, obligations to make sure that their platform services are um, not creating violations. And whether or not these gatekeepers can acquire additional services in the future will depend on how they handle the near term on digital marketing. Not a lot of bite in this yet. But you can see how the Europeans are doing a much better job of saying this is problematic for society. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. You can find me on X Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Need a referral to financial planner? Drop me an email, Rob at robblackshow.com. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.